Hello and welcome to the Podiatrician, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's the equivalent of going to see the doctor. We'll mm-hmm. diagnose and treat you and have you feeling right as rain in no time. I'm Dr. Maureen Johnson, and joining me today is my... F- what? What? Is is Dr. Dan Sinker. M- Maureen, I'm, Dan, I'm not a doctor. Then this is an opportunity. There's a market out there for cheap healthcare, and nothing is cheaper than free. The podiatrician is brought to you by Blue Apron. As doctors, we know that food is an important part of your diet, and Blue Apron is food in a box. And boxes can also be used as housing. We're, we're never going to get a sponsor, Maureen. All right, just this week, let's just go with this, okay? This week's medical muddle how to lose weight by getting rabies. Oh, God, that's probably something Trump actually believes. Yeah, and we'll be reviewing donor organs that we bought on Etsy. And again, this is all brought to you by Blue Apron, which is a better way to get medical insurance. Did you did you hit your head on the way into the closet or something? I'm not going to lie. I feel a bit dizzy. I feel a little dizzy. Yeah, we all feel dizzy. Welcome to Says Who, the podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I'm Dan Sinker. And I'm Maureen Johnson. And so this week, we really wanted to talk about our core mission, which is coping. (sighs) That sounds good. Yeah, coping. Because I just put out a call for questions on Twitter to see if people wanted what they wanted to hear talked about. And the most common question was, why is this still happening? Because yeah, Dan, that's a we good just, question. We just passed the six-month mark of the Trump presidency. Holy fuck! No, we yeah, didn't. We did. Wait, January, February, March, April, May. Good God! Yeah, June. Yeah, that's insane, Maureen. This has really happened. We've really been doing this for half a year. Oh and, wow! Yeah, that's why you feel this way. <laughs> That is why I feel this way. Yeah. You feel oh, this way because you've been God. doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you been oh. looking for the reason? <laughs> yeah. We're, it's just getting to the point where we feel like we've always lived here. We just expect that the president is going, is, is an incompetent weirdo who spends all this time tweeting and yelling at the television and telling weird, confusing lies and wandering around golf courses looking like the bloated corpse of. Sp- Hitler just lost testicle. I mean, that's this is the reality we've gotten used to. It really is. I mean, that for some reason it hit me super clear this morning. Trump, it's uh to to just to differentiate various morning Trump Twitter rants. This is uh Tuesday, the twenty seventh of June, as we are uh, recording this. But he was going off on uh, CNN. CNN. Uh, discovered that they had a fairly thinly sourced uh, Russia story. And so they pulled the story and the uh, reporters involved in it have now left CNN. And he was going off, uh, not just tweeting his own shit about fake news, but retweeting like half of the Fox News um, staff, including like one guy just hyping his book. And it was like, we've gotten so used to this. Like, this is just like, oh, what's he doing now? You know, it's like, that's actually not what we should, how we should be reacting. And yet, here we are. Yeah, because your your mind struggles to find equilibrium. We, you know, just, for example, all the, just the recent fact that you can't record the press briefings. (laughs) Yeah. No, no more. (laughs) That's just something, that's just something that started happening. No more cameras and press briefings. No, yeah, no more recording devices of any kind. You have to. So they started bringing in sketch artists, like from courtrooms. If even it's... one of these things happened before, it, it would have blown our minds for months. Yeah, and yet it's like I mean that was uh, the just the constant, the constant shifting. The constant moving of the goalposts, the constant, uh, you know, like the way the ground shifts beneath you every second. That's really exhausting. (laughs) Yeah, it's really exhausting. exhausting. 
So yeah, if you're feeling really tired and you may be asking yourself, why do I, why do I feel so tired all the time? It could be this. It could yeah. be this. It could be the daily wait to see if health of all of healthcare will be stripped away. Every morning you wake up and think, is this the day they do it? Yeah. I mean, it could be the, you know, every now and then, just before bed last night, there was suddenly like, oh, are we going to war with Syria and Russia and Iran? And then I woke up this morning. Like, that's why I checked Twitter this morning was to see, like, what is going on? No mention from the president. No mention of anything like that. Did that happen? Like, I think that happened. But it does not seem that that happened. It did. Something did happen, but it appears to be just something he tweeted because no one seemed to know why he was. Coping. Yeah, coping. (laughs) But first, I mean, let's enjoy the wonderful things. And the thing that's happened in the last like hour or two is this. I'm so happy about this. So. The Washington Post put out a story about an hour, as like I said, an hour or two ago, that Trump has these covers of Time magazine framed and hung in about four of his golf clubs. Um, apparently, they're in South Florida and Scotland, and and they're fake. They're completely fake. Um, they're from an an issue from March first, two thousand and nine, which did not exist. Um, and a reporter, I guess, saw it and they took some pictures and, uh, time has just requested that they be taken down (laughs) because they're not real. No, no, they're not. They are not real. Just how crazy do you have to be? And I'm sorry for using the word. I'm using the word crazy a lot. When I shouldn't, but I'm trying to describe a condition, a a feeling of disarray. But specifically, his mind is disordered in a way that is affecting us all, and um, he may I and may have very real mental health issues that need treatment very badly. Um, but to make to order, I because mean, he didn't make that himself. Someone. He he ordered someone to make him fake time covers. Like when you go to you ever go to like Universal Studios or like a mall where you can get yourself like on the cover of Sports Illustrated or Yeah. It's like a little carnival carnival prize. Yeah. Cover. I mean, I, I would gut though, he did not ask someone to make that, right? Like that is somebody making that for him. You don't you know, think that, he requested it? No. I think that, I mean, I think one of the things that you just see over and over and over again with the various subordinates that are that are covering for this piece of shit is how much they understand kind of how to manipulate him or how to placate him. And it's not about, hey, he's asking me to do this, right? It's about anticipating that need before it, before it, you know, comes to pass because, you know, those things were probably made because he was having a super pouty day, right? And it was like, well, we need to make our lives easier. So quick, you know, Joe, you know Photoshop, like quick, make him a time cover. He'll love it, right? Like <laughs> I, that to me, it just feels so much like a bunch of, I mean, abused people trying to do what they can to kind of, you know, make sure that, you know, he's not angry again. Do you think Eric made it? I want to believe it was Eric it. sitting sitting up in the middle of the night going, I can make him love me. I can. Yeah. Daddy, Daddy, look what I made. It's you. T- Shut up. Put it on the wall. Of course. Bah! Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's the same thing as Ivanka just the other day was like, well, I might be a little biased, but I'd give his presidency an A. Right. Like, that's a learned thing. That is a that is a thing that you learn in, you know, I I, these people are terrible, too. I don't mean to make them seem unterrible, but like that is a learned response. But this is okay. So this is my thing about the time cover. Like it is 
that story, which the Washington Post, David Farenthold, who was doing all of the um, Trump Foundation donations during the general election. He was the the guy covering all that stuff like that. This was a story that he broke and uh, he was just on Twitter right before we we started recording saying that time had asked them to take them down because they are not real. Right. And that is awesome. But also, like, we know he's a liar and a narcissist, right? So, like, who is that? That article is for us to be like, yeah, you dummy, right? Like, mm-hmm. does it help? Is that is that where we need to be spending, like, our time and our talents? It, it, like, to me, I definitely had this thing when I saw that of, like, A, first I laughed, and B, I was like, this didn't. Like, what needle did this move? This moved the, like, our kind of, like, we can't believe we're living in this and these people are so dumb, like, our little pellet that we needed to hit today to feel a little better, right? Like, it's not, that reporting isn't, like, it doesn't tell us anything we didn't know. I bet you there are many fake things on the walls of his golf courses, you know, like, all of which are designed to make him look amazing. In fact, it's somebody... Not that long ago, I saw somebody tweet a photo from one of the golf courses that was a series of, a, uh, it was like an award plaque. Did you see this? Yeah, I did. And it was like, you know, Trump whatever golf course, you know, golfer of the year. And every name was Donald Trump. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> like, I mean, that's that's got to be the whole wall of the golf course. And like we, and we know this. Mm-hmm. So like, how does it help? I don't know how it helps. I feel like we're it's like we're people in a story that keep seeing a ghost and we keep trying to tell everybody else like here's evidence of the ghost. Look, the chairs were all upside down on the table when I woke up and the pictures were upside down and what's it, the, the lights are flickering and the walls are cold and uh, there's a face coming out of the sheets and you keep pointing at stuff hoping that someone will believe you. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is, it is that, right? It is the evidence of the gaslit, right? (laughs) Like, no, really, turn around right now. Uh, No, the chair just went back down. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I mean, we are all losing our, I don't know, maybe we're not all losing our marbles, but we are tired. We are very, very tired. Like, so... Uh, well, one quick order of business that we should mention. Uh, traditionally says who uh, we talk about what's happening. We also bring guests in to talk about what's happening and to talk about how they're coping or things like that. We do not have a guest this episode. Uh, and we don't have a guest this episode uh, largely because I line up most of our guests. And I have had a lot of things going on on the life end of things that have been a bit of a drag. And... um. Like, that's one of the things that, like, that feeling of, like, God, why am I so tired, right? Like, the floor of exhaustion is so fucking high right now, you know, from just existing in this world where we are constantly begging people to turn around to see the flying sheep behind them, and then they turn around and the sheep drops to the ground, right? Like, that is very, very tiring. And uh, so we are all just kind of husk people wandering about. And then if you actually have anything real happen, which all of us do on a every time, like the capacity to deal with those real things is enough to kind of destroy you. <laughs> Certainly me. Hi, Maureen. <laughs> I'm I am the destroyed version of Dan. How are you? you? <laughs> You guys, for real, I'm surprised Dan is doing this right now. For real. We had a lot of DMs over the last uh, few days where you're like, really, we don't have to do it. And I was like, I think I can do it. Yeah. I make no predictions that I'm not going to just burst into tears at some point. But I am excited to talk to you because it, like, this is a nice anchor. Uh, We have said many times, this is a podcast that is a coping strategy. First and foremost, that is a coping strategy for us. Yeah, we're not 100% sure we're even recording this. No, maybe not. It's just us right now. I tricked you again, Maureen. (laughs) 
You've fallen into my coping trap once again. Uh, 25 times I keep doing this. Like, all right, Den, this time, you sure you're recording? I mean, you, you sure you got it this time? Oh, yes, definitely. It's totally right. recording. Otherwise, I'm just some maniac in a closet, you know, just All shouting those about people you. that keep tweeting us and emailing us, they are definitely real and not just me writing to you. Uh, how amazing would it be if you'd made 1,800 Twitter accounts? <laughs> uh. You're very industrious. I believe you could... T Dan is one of those people that if you leave him alone for about a half an hour... He will have launched a, like a fundraiser or built something, like actually physically built something. Um, I did physically build something this weekend. It has been a tough fucking few weeks. And Sunday I was like, I'm going to just do something fun. And I built a water table out of PVC tubing and a storage tub for my two-year-old to play in. That thing looked awesome. Great. I'd play in that. It was awesome. It was also just awesome to like be like, the next five hours, I'm not going to be on the internet. I'm going to do things with my hands and be outside in the beautiful weather. Oh, it's really nice. Me, I cook. Like, if you get hungry, come here. I make, I make far more food than is necessary. And I make... <laughs> I could feed an army. I just army. imagine you saying this with like, you're you're holding back the door as sort of an avalanche of bread loaves are about to fall in on you. Uh, you're you're. It's not a joke. I will have six pots on the go. I mean, I make everything from scratch. I will just. I, it's like I'm like a. I, it's like a mad scientist in there. I'm like, what do I have? I have these weird bits of turmeric root and some old lemongrass stems and a piece of. I will make a weird herbal ice. I will make a tonic that with lemons, and I will make a. I make a lot of stuff. <laughs> a, I'll just a start tonic with lemons. You're like an old timey medicine salesperson. For, listen, I made an anti-inflammatory tonic. Out of just some shit I found. Because, wow. Yeah. You know why? Because I have real, I have a, 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 my body has a crazy inflammatory response thing. So I'm always like, this seems anti-inflammatory-ish. Why the fuck not? Um, uh, uh, also, I just like to make weird herbal iced teas and stuff. I want to be the Stevie Nicks of the kitchen. And that has always been sort of my goal. <laughs> I'm I'm not even entirely sure what that means. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but I, I've always pictured it that way. I'm like, I'm the Stevie Nicks of the kitchen. I got the wow. shawls on and yeah. I love her so much. Sometimes to relax, I also just look at pictures of Stevie Nicks. It's a beautiful thing. Um, Yeah, that's a good coping thing. I know you make beautiful stuff. So making stuff and doing stuff. And seriously, if any of y'all are hungry, come on over. I was making barbecue sauce. I was making jerk sauce. I was making, I mean, there's no meat, so you may not like it, but you think you'd like it. It's like all good stuff, so. Don't need meat to make a good sauce. Oh, but I mean all the other stuff, but I think you'd be fine with it. It's it's all, I make a lot of food. You can tell how bad the week has been. It's like how I was making Dole Whip when Trump made the speech and then I cut my hand open because I got so crazy. So, um. My dog, my dog rolled in asphalt, so I, I, that was something that happened. Oh, that's nice. She rolled in asphalt <laughs> I, yesterday. Like sticky asphalt? Yep. She loves it. She, my dog Zelda, loves smells. Like, it's, she's a smell dog. She, that's her favorite thing. She doesn't care really about a lot of other stuff, but she likes garbage juice, crushed worms, poop, and asphalt. These are four of her big favorites. Those and they've good, been that's good stuff. They've been doing all this like asphalt, like putting down these temporary metal plates and stuff, and she loves it. And she did this kind of head dive to the sidewalk and she rubbed it on her neck so hard. And I looked down and my whole dog was like tarred and feathered almost. And I was like, <laughs> What just happened? Like it happened in a, a split second. And um, but she had this look of delight on her face that was the purest expression of joy that I have ever seen. And I was like, listen, I got to give it to you. Like, you're so happy. I just want you to be this happy forever. So if it took 
you and you, we didn't have to shave her or anything. They actually got it out. I had to take wow. her. To the, yeah, I had to take her to the groomer because I and I was on my way towards there, and I was like, she's just. I just got to take her right now, or she's gonna lose all this fur. And they got it off. So she's clean and soft, and like missing it. <laughs> she's already plotting. <laughs> she's got the uh, city of New York streets and sands on her phone, checking so- to see where they're where they're filling potholes next. Zelda frequently has a condition I refer to as poop neck because she that's where oh, she God. likes it's where she likes to rub. Oh. And we've had some sketchy situations because, again, we live in an apartment many stories up. And she one time had a had a bad case of poop neck to the point where we we were like, we can't take her indoors. Like we can't physically walk her through the lobby based on this situation that we have going here. And so. In between trying not to throw up, we had to scrape her down. We had to find a stick, which is hard in the city. So we had to find a stick. <laughs> and then we had to kind of scrape her down. And people were like, what are you doing? And we're like, oh, scraping our dog with the stick on the sidewalk like you normally do. <laughs> and um, so we had to scrape our dog down. She was. And then we. Yeah. Then we had to rush. her. I, it's it, Dan. I don't know. I need a hose. So let me ask a question. Yeah. Are things like this Trump magazine, fake Time magazine story, or, you know, any of the many pieces of kind of outrage or just like, that guy's so dumb or whatever that we, are we not all just Zelda rubbing our necks and shit and loving it? Like, oh, this is, yes, thank God. Finally, I've got some shit to rub my neck in. I don't know if the joy is that pure. I mean, maybe. It might be. There are... Dad ass, Maureen. Oh. Oh. Dad tennis ass. Damn. That was some pure joy. That was some pure neck shit joy. In this, uh, I guess we'll refer to this segment as dad ass. Um... There was a photograph this week. I I did put it up on the Says Who Twitter, and... Um, my goodness, how does one, where does one begin with it? It's, um, it's, it's a twisting back shot of Trump playing tennis in his tennis whites. Heavy underscore on it being a back shot. Mm. And he is wearing tidy whities that you can see very clearly. It is... Oh my God! We've seen so much of his ass. Yeah, he we've really seen so much of his ass. He really does look like a kind of wayward scrotum that's just sort of <laughs> got a wristband wrapped around it or something, just wrapped oh. in a bandage. He's like a living, breathing puppetry of the penis. Mmm. He's like a full-sized puppetry of the penis guy. Yeah. And Ugh. it's like his outside matches his inside in these pictures. It's not any, it doesn't matter. It wouldn't matter if it was somebody else, but it matters because it's him and it's what it, his whole package is the problem. The package of the inside that seeps out. And that, what about that? He also, they, a lot of people notice his watch is oh super God, tight. The watch thing is bizarre. Like it's sort of like a, it's like a strap that's, cinching you can't cinch your wrist that's not thing you should do no it's it's so if you have not seen this and are listening on a device that has the internet i'll put it on pinterest yes but also do a google image search for donald trump watch strap and it turns out this is a thing for a while but he wears his watch strap so tight that it like it's like a wrist corset yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a wrist corset. It there is like a blobule of skin above it and a blobule of skin below and this tight metal band in the middle. Like my only thought on it was like, you know what? He got that watch in like 1985 when he locked everything down in his brain. Right. Like nothing has ever changed since 1985 inside Donald Trump's head. And so that is still the watch. No, you don't expand that. You just cram it on. 
Like, what if it's digital? What if it's like a little Casio? You know, it totally is. You know, it's like it's one of those Casios that like the calculator. rich kid in school had that mm-hmm. like not only was it a calculator, but it played music. What if it's a swatch? <laughs> what if he ha- still wants to do that thing where he wears like 10 swatches? Uh, Jesus. Linked together. That would look like a weird snake. Um, Yeah. So there's some... Also, there was a photo this week of him driving onto the the green of his golf course, which apparently is something you're not supposed to do. Yeah, I didn't know that, but that there were a whole bunch of white dudes pissed off about that one. Oh, yes. There were some comments made in Connecticut that night, let me tell you. <laughs> one does not simply drive into the green. So, uh, yeah, it's because he's a douchebag. Right. That's why. His skin color is Dorito. I mean, he's just this asshole that's driving. Oh, I can drive on the. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Uh, Dan, I just. This is the sound I have to make. Right. Dan. That sounds, that sounds right. And I. And again, you know, I feel like I should have a higher tolerance for this because I come from weird people. I should be more messed up, Dan. Honestly, I think that I, <laughs> Dan, have, Dan, have I ever told you about my bus drivers? No. So, I didn't realize I had weird bus drivers until I was at NerdCon uh, earlier this year, and somehow on this panel, I real I started explaining my bus drivers. So let me, let me tell you about three of my bus drivers, and this is how I understand Trump. All right, first. In like first or second grade, our bus driver was this old guy who was tried to hit on this other elder, sort of older woman who worked at McDonald's. And so he would pull into McDonald's and leave us in the parking lot so he could go try to hit on her. And then occasionally he would bring us in and like we'd all get an orange juice or something. And we'd be late for school all the time because he was always trying to make dates with this um, this woman at McDonald's. Um, and it was the same bus driver that our bus stalled in the middle of a of a bridge that opens. <laughs> and so um, we we had to get rescued from the middle of a bridge before it opened. But he was actually a good bus driver. When I was in third third grade, my bus driver was a woman who used to like. So, you know how, like when I rode buses, like you never had to have a seatbelt or anything. You just sat there yeah. and there were these safety bars with the padding around them that kind of, I don't know what they were for, but they were there. Sure. She used to, she told me to slip my little tiny third grade body between the safety bar and the, and the driver's seat. So I would wedge myself in there because she wanted me to rub her shoulders as she drove. What? And it was in this position. I was, that's where I was when the bus's brakes went out and we went down a hill and crashed into three other cars. And I was slightly jackknifed forward because I had been massaging the bus driver's shoulders. Um, so after that, they said I shouldn't rub her shoulders anymore. Um, yeah, that's a, that sounds that that was probably correct even before the crash. And then I was in high school, Dan, and there was like a guy driving our bus, and he used to ask me out all the time, and I was thought it was weird, and I always just kind of put him off put him off and I mentioned something in school to a friend of mine about how the bus driver kept asking me out and wanted to have like a clandestine meeting with me at the firehouse so he could take me to downtown Philadelphia and the teacher was like what the fuck is this and kind of ratted on him but he didn't get fired he just got told off but he was so angry at me that he ripped out my seat (laughs) wait so you just got in one day and your seat was gone yep wow this is where I come from, Dan. So, like, I kind of get it. <laughs> I I was like, I uh, can get into the zone a little bit. Uh, ow, yeah. I didn't even realize I, that was weird. Yeah, that's definitely weird. <laughs> that's 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 not that's not normally how buses work. They Isn't just it? drive you places and smell weird. Well, you know this, I I. Why not? Let's just do this for healthcare. Let's just have it be like, why not squeeze in between the safety bar and the driver's seat and rub their shoulders? Like, 
maybe that's a good, you know, it's a good cost-cutting measure. That's a that's a that 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 would uh, alleviate a pre-existing condition of tight shoulders. So not allowed. So Maureen, we are again recording this on June 27th and mere hours. All all of us in America had a stay of execution mere hours ago when uh, Human Turtle, Mitch McConnell, announced that they were going to delay a vote on the Senate's much maligned health care bill uh, until after July 4th, uh, the July 4th recess. Mitch McConnell definitely looks like a guy who was a bunch of murdered orphans in his chimney, like for sure. Oh, yeah. Just just chocked full. Oh, yeah. It's just full of orphan skeletons. Yeah. But also has a crooked chimney sweep that has kind of drilled a hole through the center so he can still light a fire at Christmas. And he loves it. Oh, right? he, he loves it. He gets his whole family around, has a, you know, child skeleton fire. Mm-hmm. And only he knows. <laughs> Merry Christmas from Mitch McConnell. He's a bad man. He's a bad man. Like, he is a Dickensian bad man. I didn't know this until earlier this week when suddenly it was like, hey, everyone, gather around. We're going to dunk on Mitch McConnell. He had polio as a child. Did you know this? Yep. And he was uh, cured of polio thanks to the March of Dimes. And this week... The March of Dimes wanted to meet with him to say, hey, Mitch McConnell, let's not kill a lot of kids. And he refused to meet with them. That is the action of a man with a chimney full of kids. For sure. Yeah. You were saved from polio. Through. Yeah. Through through a a system where you're somebody helped you. Dan, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna get the vapors. I'm gonna get the vapors. Yeah, I you know, I, I my mother is a nurse and I talk to her about this healthcare stuff every day. Although I try, again I'm doing this thing where I'm trying not to freak my mom out because it this Trump stuff upsets her a lot and she's already got a lot going on. It's like don't worry, don't freak your mom out. But because she's a nurse, I have questions. And I wonder I guess I'm the thing I'm always trying to grapple with is how can people support this, this plan, this republic, this current Republican plan? And my one of my thoughts is like I definitely came from one of those areas where everyone's like, oh, these people are on handouts. And if you really if you want something, you got to work for it. And you as if like as if this is how everything works. And it's a it's only a question of working for it. As if it's that simple. You know, as if healthcare is of special thing, like it's not, and also not almost impossible to get, and breathtakingly expensive and complicated, and with full of rules that are entirely designed to benefit corporations that do things like don't pay your bills or limit what you can get or your procedures. Or so, is it that they just don't believe that? anything that bad like that any group of people would pass something that bad yeah i mean i think that a a lot of it so pence just earlier just a couple days ago uh tweeted out a photo of a bunch of rich people at tables i'm not quite sure what the combination of the photo and the sentence is but rich people sitting at banquet tables and then below he says before the summer's out will repeal slash replace Obamacare with system based on personal responsibility, free market competition, and state-based reform, right? Like, this is the idea that healthcare is about personal responsibility is seemingly what they actually believe. Yeah, so if you get cancer, is that on you? Apparently, that's on you. If your baby is born with a hole in their heart, is that on you? That's on you. That's on your baby. Not even on you. That's on your baby. Shouldn't have done that, baby. Even if it is something that you've done, people goof and make mistakes. And that's the point of 
helping fix people. I, I, Dan, I, 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 I mean, there have been just so many shocking statistics, one of which really sticks with me because I spent a quite a number of years feeling like I was living on this line. But um, the number of personal bankruptcies that have gone down since Obamacare passed Mm -hmm. is staggering. Like if you look at it's like, you know, it is a line that is ever going up and then suddenly Obamacare passes and personal not health insured people, personal bankruptcies just plummets. And that's because so much of bankruptcy in America is health related. Something like even now with Obamacare, wasn't 50 percent of uh, one of the crowdsourcing platforms. GoFundMe. GoFundMe, yeah. Is health and healthcare? Yeah. That's insane. The idea that because something bad happened to you, you should go bankrupt or you should open a, a GoFundMe begging people to help you out. Uh, or the, you know, the idea that uh, you had a child and that child had, you know, the worst thing a parent can imagine, which is, you know, some sort of illness that is dire and difficult from jump. That's on you. That's your fault. Like these, like we joke about Mitch McConnell having a chimney full of kids. Maybe we joke. But. Like, that's way eviler. Oh, yeah. That's why I'd it's rather not... I'd rather he get his fucking <laughs> turtle face smile from stuffing a chimney full of kids. Because that's what what's a chimney full of kids? Couple dozen, maybe <laughs> like at least that's a finite fucking number. Yeah. I mean, it's it's considered a kind of revolutionary statement to say in the United States that healthcare's care is right. Yeah. In my household, that would have been a crazy thing to say. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yet, you know, we, we have a crazy system. When my 12-year-old was born, he was not breathing. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the images that will forever be burned on my head is the silhouetted, uh, the midwife silhouette, because it was early morning and there was a window behind her pulling and holding this limp body behind her and immediately a fleet of doctors rushed in they had everything ready they knew it was going to be a bit of a trouble spot uh they got him breathing real quick um and so you know weeks later we get a pretty high bill from the from the uh hospital it's only i mean high like $800 or something like that. And we were like, no, what are you talking about? That's insurance. Turns out he met his deductible at that moment. It's, oh my gosh. Yeah. They also tried to not pay for any of his birth because we didn't name him for two days. And so the birth was all billed to baby boy sinker. And then... (laughs) Later on, we were trying to get reimbursed for Roosevelt Sinker, and they were like, hey, now. <laughs> what is this? We've looked into this, and clearly you are pulling a fast one. There's, you know, there's stories. Was it, was it uh, Zini from Boing Boing who got, who was in the middle of a chemo treatment when they were, they had some sort of insurance crisis, and she had to stop what she was doing? Yeah. To settle her insurance to make sure that it was going to be covered before they put the chemo in her arm? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like saying, oh, we're going to grow a big we're going to grow this country. We're going to we're going to grow and we're going to flourish, but we're not going to plant anything and we're not going to water it because you know what? You have to. That's that's the way (laughs) we're just going to just the you know, if this it'll take care of itself. Um, I, I mean, the thing that I don't get about the insurance debate and somebody pointed this out on Twitter, but it's also it's also been something that I've thought acutely about back when I ran my own business and had to buy health insurance for a family before the ACA. Um, but even still, like 
we, you know, the the myth of America that we tell ourselves, and I mean, really, it's a myth of white America that we tell ourselves, but still, is that, you know, we are rugged individualists who pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and, you know, our entrepreneurs and, you know, business owners and all of that. Well, it's actually really hard to do those things mm-hmm. when you have to think about insurance all the time, you know, like... The ACA, for all of its faults, I know many, many people, like many, I can't count them all on two hands, that left jobs that they hated and started doing something that they loved because suddenly they actually could, you know, almost afford insurance without having to, you know, kind of work a job and then do stuff on the side. Like, that feels pretty goddamn American. Yeah. Yeah, it encouraged small business, encouraged entrepreneurship. And certainly as we move more into a freelance or a gig economy, that's the way people are going to survive. And this idea, it's this this idea that they know doesn't work, that the free market will sort it out when there's abundant historical evidence to the contrary. That's a known problem. It doesn't work that way. No. So... And here we are again. So are we coping, Dan? Are we coping right now? <laughs> I'll tell you how partially when when stress levels, because I have a, a neurological issue. And a, so I, I take three medications. I'm now a person that takes three medications. I take medication a couple times a day. And I was just picking up a refill on one of them. And I happened to glance down and it said, you know, your insurance saved you $240 on this medication. For one bottle's worth? For one bottle's worth. For one month's worth of one of the pills. I was charged $13. And it's a generic form as well. Right. So they were going to charge, you know, that would have been worth $250 about for this one very common pill. Um, So, yeah, like my my medications alone would cost about $1,000 a month plus... When I think about all the doctors, I you know I've had to. I never was a person that had to go to all these doctors, but it happens because stuff happens. Yeah. So I have to go to neurology and have testing done and have MRIs and get my blood drawn and go to physical therapy and all of these things. You know, I, I'd be bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so so, uh, the last few months I have been uh, in and out of hospitals in large part because my dad is very very sick. And um, he has had sort of a cascading domino of terrible from, you know, a surgery that was supposed to save his life. And then, you know, one thing and another thing and another thing and another thing. And he's been in the hospital and he's been out of the hospital and now he's never going back to a hospital. But, um, you know, he I, I remember the last hospital visit, my mom said, yeah, I think this one's going to push us over a million dollars. You know, and he's on Medicaid and he, he actually amazingly has insurance from a job that he uh, was laid off of in the 90s. He still has a pension insurance from that. But, um, you know, this is this is not a thing anyone signed up for. And they're a million bucks in like. What do you how do you do that? Like what? How do you look at that sort of thing and say, Meh, you know what, personal responsibility, you really shouldn't have gotten that bladder cancer to begin with. Ah, <sighs> uh, man, this got dark, Maureen. Well, I think the point is we all have to, I mean, we all, as far as I know, we all have human bodies and they're all going to fail. They're all... They're all in constant states of being and they all need care. And the, I, I, we all, healthcare is a human right. There, I've said it, Dan. I've said it. You've said it. The most common, like the most elementary fucking statement you could think of. If we're not doing this, we're not doing anything. If we're not physically <sighs> taking care of the human beings that make up the country, and if we're not devoting all of our resources into that, and just think of all the, and also all the research this impacts, all of the, you know, all of that, 
This got dark. Look, then we got to get to our good news. We do have... Well, it's actually not good news, Uh, but we have news. Yeah. We are all frail human bodies, but Maureen, our news is about non-human bodies. That's right. We have, is this a scoop, Dan? Do we actually have, like, I kept referring to him as Derp Throat, but, like, we have a source. We do. We have a couple of sources, Maureen. <laughs> I don't know how this happened. Well, yeah, I do you, know how it happened. If you want to leak to the to Says Who, for just write to hey at sayswho.com. We, we encourage says leakers. Sayswhopodcast.com. Says po- Look, you know how I am with the internet. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, let's back up for just a moment, uh, to, before our, before our sources, to yesterday, June 26, Motherboard, a story by Kevin Wong, behind the scenes of Disney's Donald Trump Hall of Presidents drama. Uh, if you were listening to our last episode, the Says Who Disney Spectacular, we discussed uh, the fact that the Hall of Presidents, uh, Disney World's um, robotic trip through Americana, where they have robot versions of all 44 presidents, um, it will forever be ruined when they have to introduce the Donald Trump robot. And uh, last time we spoke, uh, Motherboard, again, who are all credit to Motherboard and their their owning of the Disney Hall of Presidents beat. Um, they had an article saying that Disney was actually going to revert the Hall of Presidents back to the pre-1990s version uh, and have it so only President Washington and President Lincoln speak. Uh, because ever since the 1990s, Bill Clinton, uh, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama have all had speaking parts at the end of this robotic journey through American presidents. Um, well, now the new article has broken and saying that, in fact... Trump will have a speaking part. Uh, Jackie Waller, Disney's vice president of communications, according to the motherboard story, said the same thing we've done with other presidents is the same plan we have for Donald Trump, Um, meaning the robot will speak. But what's interesting, Maureen, is that (laughs) Disney has always written those speeches and Sean Spicer has... uh, insisted and and the trump team has insisted that that trump uh must deliver or they they need to write the speech this is uh in the motherboard article um this is according to a source from uh motherboard uh that they directly collaborated with Clinton, Bush, and Obama's people when it came to figuring out what the president's audio anatomic figure would say uh trump's people said no we're writing this speech. You guys have no input on this. Now, this is where it gets interesting because, Whoa. Maureen, we have leakers. <laughs> this is a has says who exclusive. It is. So, it really is. Uh, it is. We uh, were approached uh, by people who have knowledge of this situation. Um one of the things is that apparently uh, this whole Hall of Presidents thing was delayed uh, in part because uh, Disney, like everyone else, really thought Hillary Clinton was going to win. And so they, they had a Hillary Clinton robot ready to go, uh, but they did not have a finished Donald Trump robot, let alone a plan for how to deal with the idea of Donald Trump as a speaking president. Um so to the best of, of my understanding is the previous week's thing of, yeah, we're going back to, uh, you know, no one speaking was sort of their way of being like, I guess this is how we're going to deal with it. Uh, but the then this whole thing where they have insisted on writing the speech. So uh, what we were told is the speech was written. And the normal speech, and and maybe I will use the magic of editing to cut in Barack Obama's robot speech. Um, a, a normal speech sounds like this. Ladies and gentlemen, President Barack Obama. The American dream is as old as our founding, but as timeless as our hopes. It is reborn every day 
heart of every child who wakes up in a land of limitless possibilities, in a country where we the people means all the people. We may come from different places and believe in different things, but what makes us America is a shared spirit, a spirit of courage and determination, of kindness and generosity. It is a spirit grounded in the wisdom of the generations that have gone before us, but open to the unimagined discoveries and possibilities on the horizon that lies ahead. Let us enjoy it, cherish it, defend it, and pass it on to our children as the bright and beautiful blessing it is. This enduring American dream. And that's like 30 seconds long. And uh, the speech they turned in, and, and and not only is it 30 seconds long, but it is, you know, just sort of a, you know, let's do the best of America kind of, you know, heartwarming theme park thing. The speech they turned in was over five minutes long <laughs> and is like straight up Trumpian shit on everyone speech. <gasps> oh, how delightful it would be to go to Disney World with your kids and then for five minutes, Trump just yells at you about fake news. Yeah. Maybe there's like a robotic who's going to build the wall call and response. Who knows? But yeah, so that's the real holdup is the fact that it's like. Okay, you know what, though? They should say, all right, fine, we'll do it. We'll do it exactly as written. But the animatron we're making is based on that photo of you playing tennis. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think what they're really afraid of, and they they talk about this a little bit in the motherboard story and a couple of follow-ons since in in other places, uh, is they're afraid that Trump's going to fucking unleash on Disney. Right? Like, he'll go off on Twitter. That's like their big fear now is... If they they're trying to figure out how to placate this situation so that he doesn't suddenly make it partisan to attend Disney. You know what, though? Think about how all of their bands have gone so far. It probably up attendance. I for sure would be that, you know, like we'd be like, great. Well, going to Disney like we were already going, but then we'd really be going. Yeah. And we're staying in a branded property. <laughs> I'm yeah. getting ears. I'm definitely getting ears. I if they if this all went down and they made Hall of Presidents ears, I'd wear those. Yeah. I don't know what they'd look like, but I'd Hall of them. Presidents ears. They could put the little presidential seal in the ear bits. Little a little it's round. Ab- Abraham Lincoln hat. Yeah. That'd be nice. But be nice. so the thing to me that like A Maureen, we've got sources. Uh, yeah. Any, and any other Disney leakers want to tell us what the you know? Give us some haunted mansion scuttlebutt. We're in. Oh yeah, we want to be like the Woodward and Bernstein of Disneygate. Like we desperately, yeah. like you give us. We'll leave you signs. We'll like leave cryptic clues on the internet to communicate yep. when you're ready to talk. And dude, they've already got a whole system of hidden Mickey's. Do they? You don't know about the hidden Mickey's? No. Oh, Maureen, there are hidden Mickeys all over Disney World. Little Mickey heads hiding in plain sight. Holy shit. If you do a, a the, the best one is actually if you do a Google uh, map uh, satellite view of Disney World, uh, there is an enormous Mickey head made out of uh, solar panels. Holy shit. That you shit. can only see from space. That's so classy. That's classy. It's super classy. That is the classiest thing I've ever heard. Oh, my God. But, like, so this is the thing. You take something like Disney, which is, you know, I mean, yes, it is artificial and all of that, but it's really fun, right? And anything that comes into orbit of Donald Trump just ends up covered in shit. Like there oh, is yeah, no, he, he just, there's yeah. no way out for them at this point that they don't come out smelling like an asshole. He's like a plague spot. He's like patient zero. Yeah. And can, he contaminates everything. 
Uh, but we know this. But we know this. We know this. We know this. Is this coping? Do you feel better? Does anyone, do, do you guys feel, more importantly, says Huvians, do you feel better? Because we don't want to make you feel worse. No. We definitely don't want to make you feel worse. But, like, it, hopefully, again, you feel a little bit less crazy. And maybe, you know, relax. You get a third grader to rub your shoulders. <laughs> you. Jesus, that was weird. Have a. Yeah, that was definitely weird. Have a good neck roll in some shit. Yeah. Roll in some asphalt and poop. Get a rub by a third grader and burn some orphans in a chimney. I don't know. Is that what we're suggesting? I'll come and I'll cook. I'll cook for you. I'm like your personal Blue Apron. Blue Apron, it's just me. I'm just here at your door. It's just me. Maureen Apron. It is literally Maureen in an apron. Yeah, it's this is okay, fine. Fuck Blue Apron. We have our own sponsorship. It's called Moraine Apron. Moraine Apron, I'm just gonna fucking show up at your house. You never know when or what time or what I'm gonna cook, but I'm gonna show up. I'm gonna be like, where's your kitchen? And I'll go in and I'll make you some fucking food. It's, you it's, don't actually bring the food, you make it out of whatever they have. I'd do that. Oh, I would do that. I would do that thing where you have like a challenge of what the that's like my yeah. dream. It's a, like it's like Iron Chef meets house hunters, except people are home. They used to have that. That was a TV show where these cooks would go around and they'd show up unexpected at people's apartments and then they'd cook a meal based on things they found in there. That was a real show. Yeah, that existed. My friend was on it. Wow. My friend's apartment, like he, yeah, yeah. They would just show up and be like, okay, well, these gourmet chefs will like look around at this weird shit in your apartment and make a gourmet meal. (laughs) Wow. And it's like a life cereal trusted steak. Yeah, it was stuff like that, for real, because a lot of these places, like, they, then they had to just use what was there. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't last that long, but it was, uh, it was a show. I was accidentally a, there was another short-lived show on, because I'm, I was really addicted to food TV when it was first out, and some, a friend of mine knew a producer or something, and they're like, would you come and be an audience member? And I was like, sure. And I was like, I showed up to be an audience member. They're like, just show up at this place in this time. And I brought my friend John along and we're like, okay, let's, let's go. And then we walked and there was like, they, we had a meet at the Brooklyn Brewery and we looked around and we're like, where are all the other people for the audience? And they're like, there are no other people. You are the guests in the show and you're oh. going to play, you're going to play the chef's best friends that he's invited along for a picnic. Wait, what yes. was the name of this show? Uh, something, something with Dave Lieberman. And That's... the, and, and the episode is about a picnic at a, at Brooklyn Brewery. And we were not his best friends. We were just two people. And my friend John looked at me like, I'm going to kill you. And I was like, I did not know this would happen, but we have to do it. And they took us on a tour of the brewery and we had to like drink the beer really slowly. And then they're like, and Dave, Dave, who was like 22 and had just graduated from Yale and had his actual friend there, and it was four of us walking along. They're like, okay, now this, Dave's going to come greet you, and you're going to come casually walking down the sidewalk and be like, hey, it's Dave, our best friend. And yeah, so I was a featured friend on this episode. Wow. I'm yeah. desperately searching YouTube for this, and I can't find it. Um, I forget what the, yeah, but it's something about something Dave Lieberman. It was like his first show. And I don't know if he still does any, but um, it was a short-lived show. But it's about a picnic at the Brooklyn Brewery, and you'll see me in it looking slightly drunk because they kept making us drink, like, to go into the the room where they would show you how – and they would they were like, sip again. We have to film it again. Sip again. Sip again. And by the end, I'm like <laughs> – I'd eat watermelon salad really slowly, and they're like, they'd stick a camera in your face and be like, smile and chew. And I'd be like, this is a fucking nightmare. I don't know how this happened to me. But yeah. I've only yeah. been to the Brooklyn Brewery once and i drank a lot of beer and then somebody gave me a beer and i still swear to god to this day they handed me a bottle of cat pee (laughs) i think i was just really drunk but i've never had anything so gross in my life and i was like this is it's like fucking cat pee oh it was so gross maureen maureen apron i'll show up and be the celebrity chef in your house I was a guest on Food Network. 
And I'll drink a bag of cat pee. Invite us. Or don't. You don't need to invite us. That's the best part about it is we'll, we'll find you. We'll just show up. Yeah. Dan and Maureen Apron, we find you. Yep. We bring our own cat pee. And with that, Maureen. Yeah, we've got to stop, Dan. Dan, is it all right if I, if I, if I mention something personal? No, no, we don't do personal on this show. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Of course. No, it's just I, I'm, I, I feel embarrassed, you guys. But like, I do write books, and my first book in a couple years because I got kind of waylaid because I got sick. But I have first book in a couple years is coming out in January, and there's a it's called Truly Devious, and there's a preview of it up on Entertainment Weekly. I'll post the link on the Pinterest and. Um, so if you want, you can like look at it because it don't cost nothing. Maureen, not. that's huge. No, it's nice. It's fine. Let's celebrate a life moment. Everything yeah. else is terrible and this is a good thing. I guess. It's awesome. Congratulations. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I've written like what? I don't, I've, written a bunch of, I've written a bunch of books, Dan. This is my 13th book or something, something like that. Yeah, but look, writing books it, is hard. Congratulations. It is, it's, it's good. I'm happy. Embrace I, it. it. I, good I'm things. Happy. Good job. You know, what a way we, to go. Why don't nice we ever work. tell... Why don't we you ever tell it. people? Why don't we ever tell people about your book? Because it came out a long time ago. You have a brand new book. Yeah, but your book is so good. Oh, stop it! You have a brand new book, and I'm not letting you not let us celebrate it. We are well, celebrating Maureen. Everyone, tweet at Maureen Johnson and say I am celebrating you. All right. Well, then I'll come to your house and I'll cook you food. That, yeah, and I'll drink a bag of pee. You'll just hear the noises in the middle of the night, and you'll go, what, "What is it? What is it?" And you'll and you'll just see the light on in the kitchen, and you'll come creeping down the stairs, and you'll look in, and I'll be like, "Hey, you like pancakes? You want a pancake? Any kind of pancake? What do you want? I'll make you a pancake. I'll make you a pancake. Sit down. And you'll be like, get out of my house. I'll be like, let me make you pancakes first. Blue Apron. No." <laughs> Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. We need healthcare. Our logo is designed by the always wonderful Darth. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter, slash Says Who Podcast on Pinterest and Facebook, and you can email, and especially if you want to email us your Disney leaks, email hey, that's H-E-Y, at sezupodcast.com. And uh, also, I guess another thing is I'll be joining Hal and Mark from We Got This at the Philly Podcast Festival on July 12th. And No, uh, not on July 12th. July no, 21st. Sorry, J- July 21st. I'm sorry. I need... I am tired. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm going to join them on July 21st. July 12th, though is the date of the next episode of Says Who. Oh, that's why I got confused. They're the same See? numbers, just in different orders. Yeah, tricky, tricky. Mm-hmm. It's a palindrome of numbers. Yeah, can numbers be palindromes? Sure. It's like that, uh, that, that, there's that, what, Rush album, 2112, right? Wasn't that I... supposed to be demonic or something? I don't I know so. any Rush albums. I don't know any Rush albums. I don't albums. either. I want the record to state. I fucking hate Rush. I don't know where that <laughs> came from. Yeah, I'm a what little. What the hell? No, no shade to Rush I would rather be known as a drinker of bags of pee than a Whoa. Rush fan. <laughs> Jesus. I see that you got some Phil Collins today. Oh, God. I had a big fight with my fucking Alexa today, Maureen. I like that you have an Alexa. I do. Watch. I'm going to do this right now. Here, oh, man. We're going to do this live. Watch. All right. So one of my favorite bands in the world is uh, the Mekons, which are a punk band from both England and Chicago from forever. And it had been a while. And as stated earlier, I was having a real shitty day and have had a number of shitty days. And I was like, I want to listen to my favorite band. And so uh, I said, hey, Alexa. Play the Mekons. I can't find the song, the Mekons. Yes. So then I went, hey, Alexa, play music by Mekons. I can't find songs by Mekon. <sighs> but finally I said, Alexa, play Mekons. 
Playing songs by Kwan Feng Shun from Spotify. <laughs> by what? I don't know. <laughs> Earlier today. This sounds awesome. It does. I'm Earlier into today this. it said playing songs by Phil Collins on Spotify and started in the air tonight. Yeah, I'm dancing to this. I love it. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. Now this is more like Dan, I'm actually dancing. Yeah. All right. This will be our playout music. From my basement in Chicago, I'm Dan Sinker. And from my closet in New York, I'm Phil Collins. <laughs> this has been Says Who. Collins is awesome. In the air tonight, yeah. Feel it coming in the air tonight, yeah. I give massages on the bus, all right, yeah. This is fun. <laughs>